0: Out what we say <laughs> uh, what do we say uh, uh, oh duh i'm kendall
1: <laughs>
0: stop okay. <laughs> okay okay hold on i I'm forgot serious. how to do this i know okay. how i did
1: too i'm serious
0: okay Kay. i'm kendall
1: and I'm Bree.
0: And this is When the Light
1: Goes Out.
0: Welcome back, everyone. Hey! We, took a, we took a little... Hiatus. Little hiatus, yeah. And I'm so glad that we're back here because it's been a goddamn minute, I feel like. It's been a week. It's been a week. It's been kind of weird, I'm not going to lie. Us not doing it for one week was kind of like odd. But we're back. We're here. I think we did We did get a little justice in that little week. We got a lot done.
1: Yeah. We're able to catch up on some stuff.
0: Yes. Well, first of all, happy belated anniversary, Bree.
1: Thank you. <laughs> happy belated Halloween and happy belated birthday. Ah, period. period. Ah,
0: period. <laughs> oh, I'm so happy. Yeah, we did celebrate um, my birthday the past week. So technically my birthday was on the 7th, which is the Monday. And, um, previously before that, like I had said in a previous episode, we went to, well, a couple of friends and I went to, um, Atlanta and it was really fun. We did a lot of shit. So we got crunk, we got drunk and we, we fucked it up. and drunk. <laughs> I was at work holding down the fort. Holding down the fort. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Not
1: getting crunk or
0: drunk. <laughs> no, it's okay. I, I did get a, a chance to get in a lot of, um, A lot of research, which I'm really happy about, too. I think that taking off uh, a little week just gave us enough time to just recuperate. And we also have two mics now. So we...
1: Yay! Let's hope our sound doesn't sound like shit anymore. I
0: know. I know. It, It really is nice to be on our own mic now I feel more free and we I can know.
1: there's space
0: space, space. not that not like I didn't like to be right next to you I did love to be like right next to you but now we're on the opposite side of tables and we're it's looking like at each other and we can table. actually have a conversation so ah, I love it and this like is professional yeah this is episode 11 this is Episode so 11 freaking crazy. on 11.11.
1: Happy oh, birthday, Oh, my Ryan. God. Ha.
0: ha! Happy birthday. Oh, well, my tomorrow God. Tomorrow's 11.11. Yeah. But oh. it'll probably post tomorrow. Yeah. So, well, episode 11. I was going to also say, this is kind of weird, because this is our first time ever recording, not on a Tuesday, not on a Wednesday, but on a, a Thursday. Thursday. Right yeah, before release. Yeah, let's see if it was. actually
1: comes out on 11 we'll,
0: we'll see if I can stay up. That but way. if
1: it does, <laughs> episode 11 on 11.11, which is an important date for me. So,
0: Oh, I love that. Don't you have a tattoo that's eleven eleven? Mm-hmm. That's what I thought. I oh love that. Wrist.
1: You went and got it with me. Oh shit, I it did. I janky remember. Janky ass tattoo parlor <laughs> by a janky ass tattoo artist. You know,
0: I don't know how I managed to recycle that memory, but it came back. So we're. Here. And it was
1: eighty dollars. It's the size. It's like sm- the size of a dime. Maybe. I have
0: a tattoo. It's a K. <laughs> it's a K. <laughs> Well, okay, listen, <clears throat> I think some of you know that my first name does isn't Kendall. My middle name is Kendall, so my first name is Javon. So it's Javon Kendall Jayvon. Hudson. Oh, my God. I like the way you say it like that because I hate my name. I, I never use my first name. Um, I don't think I've ever said that on this show before. Yeah. I, I don't go by my first name, guys. Fun fact. But, yeah. And in a matter of a week, I've managed to watch, like, everything that's on TV, I feel like. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I have not. I've had a little time on my hands. Not gonna lie. Um, I, I have not. <laughs> I, uh, um, what was the really good one that I like? Oh, I watched the Terrifier two, and that came out.
1: There was a Terrifier two. Yeah. Where's it, it at?
0: It just came out. It came out in theaters, but it also came out on. Um, I think you watch it on Amazon. And mm. no, okay. The thing is, I have, I have like a lot of like the the horror like channels on amazon you have to like buy them separately so i watched right. it that way but i think you can still buy it pretty pretty cheap so boo's coming over here to butt my computer i know you are stop <laughs> boo, it
1: <laughs> boo my cat is literally she's creeping she is creeping she on me is the sweetest cat but she's also a kitten so she is a menace to society, and one of her menace habits is to chew on the corner of your laptop, and the Apple pencil on top of the iPad, and yeah, the corner of the iPad. The pencil,
0: no, I love you.
1: She's so bad. She acts like they aren't like <laughs> she does. super expensive.
0: I know. Only have animals new. And
1: I mind you, this girl has like probably like realistically, she probably has over twenty toys. And she has like one, two, three, four, maybe like six or seven scratching posts.
0: I was gonna say your cat has more toys than I have toys myself. Boo! Stop! I'm not in that Boo, way. Stop. Oh my god, she's scratching the couch. <laughs> she's
1: not scratching the couch. She's. Scratching oh, she the is carpet. scratching the carpet.
0: Why is it this one spot? Don't
1: tell my landlord. I don't know. <laughs> it's not just that spot. She does it everywhere. everywhere. And I don't know why.
0: She did it to her studio foam.
1: Bad. Oh, yeah. She, like,
0: literally she, uh, fucked up. Kendall Both literally bought
1: foam. the studio foam, put it in the room, and one of the days we left the door open a crack mistakenly, and she went in there and tore some of them up. They're still functional. It's just like a chunk of the corner is missing off one.
0: Boo went to town on that. She I love is it.
1: Such a menace. And here's my beautiful bunny, my angel tribe. Well, oh you
0: can't see you can see them, but they're so cute.
1: My angel child.
0: Let me tell you, I'm not even a super huge cat person, but her cats are pretty freaking cute. I'm not going to lie. They are. But we can move on from the cat talk, even though we love them. Her
1: I could talk about my cats all day.
0: We'll bring them back up later. Don't worry. <laughs> Other than just a couple things I wanted to go over. um, We won't waste too much time until we go to our story of the evening (laughs) i'll say Mm, um i just quickly wanted to uh just thank everybody for listening of course please as usual just keep going on um and you know downloading all those episodes make sure that you like them all follow if you haven't already let your friends know and we will let your
1: friends let your mama let let your your daddy let your grampy (laughs)
0: your grammy i love it yes tell everybody
1: your your papa and your mama
0: yep your papa and your mama (laughs) (laughs) i love that oh my god and cats and cats tell
1: your cats my cat said hi
0: (laughs) (laughs) i love that definitely um well guess what brie what I have a story for you today. Oh, you
1: have a story
0: for me? I have a story. And today's story story is actually a listener's um, story. They had some to us. and Shout out! Shout out to you, Addis. You uh, requested this story. It's a very widely known story, but I kind of decided to do something a little different and dive in a little deeper on this one. So...
1: Was this one going to be a two-parter?
0: It's going to be a two-parter. <laughs> it's going to be a <laughs> Let's two-parter. Let's get it. Yo, yo, yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. I love it. <clears throat> so, guys, if you haven't already seen from the title of this episode, today's episode is about the Turpin family.
1: Bah, 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 bah. They're a really fucked up family. Yeah. <laughs> well, the kids not so much. The kids not all, so much at all. The parents though, <sighs> fucked up people.
0: Yeah. If you guys don't know, which I feel like a lot of people know, um, the Turban family is a family of what, fifteen? Oh God. Fifteen people, and um, unfortunately, a lot of a lot of bad shit had went down um, throughout the years with this family, and. Yeah, we're definitely going to dive into it and, you know, get a little taste of what happened.
1: This story is definitely worth two parts.
0: I think so, too. Sure, I From
1: what I know.
0: This is actually the first case that we are doing that I've actually read a full length book <laughs> for. I read the book. Dang. Um Yeah, I know. I put in work on this one, guys. I strongly suggest you guys go check it out. It's called The Family Next Door. It's a very popular book that had come out, and I just think that it's amazing. Um, you guys can definitely check it out it's on Amazon it's everywhere you guys can find it and yeah without further ado let's get into the story
1: yay episode 11 episode
0: 11
1: (laughs) we need to add the sound effects do you ever do that
0: yeah I did it once I'll do it again I like the
1: sound effects
0: I like the sound effects cool cool this is the disturbing case of the Turbin family. Just 71 miles southeast of LA in Paris, California, approximately at 5.30 a.m. on January 14th, 2018, Jordan Turpin and her 13-year-old sister, Jolinda, opened up the window of their homes, climbed out from the first floor bedroom window into a world they had hardly ever seen before. They sneak out through the backyard as it is still night out and creep through the neighborhood, frightened and scared of who might see them. I mean, he got two sisters running around at night slash the morning. And 13-year-old Jolinda was so frightened that she had turned back home, leaving Jordan all alone in the dead of night. With planning an escape two years in the making, which is crazy, uh, Jordan knew she had to keep going. Jordan then reached into her pocket and grabbed a old, used, and deactivated cell phone. She remembered her brother giving her discreetly behind her parents' back. With little knowledge of the use of technology, she knew she could still dial the authorities if she needed to, and at that moment, with little hesitation, she dialed 911. So dispatcher Kelly Akeley had answered the call, and Jordan immediately tells the dispatcher about her running away from home in a staggered kind of breathing. She's, like, really out of breath, and she's sharing that she lives in a household of 15 people. She has abusive parents, and that at that moment, her two little sisters were chained up, which happens as punishment. That's so scary. It's so terrifying, and she needed help because she cannot stand seeing them being tortured any longer. So when the operator asked her for her name, she literally actually spelled her name T-U-R-P-E-N. She spelled her name wrong.
1: Yeah, I was about to say, isn't it I-N?
0: Yeah, it's I-N. And she didn't even know how to spell her own name. Over the next 20 minutes, Jordan describes the horrors that she experienced with her siblings and explained that the only child that her mother really actually looked after was the two-year-old in the family. Jordan had mentioned that the house her family lived in was so filthy that she'd wake up unable to breathe and how the children, including herself, would rarely take baths to the point where she couldn't even remember the last time she'd taken a bath.
1: It was a pretty big house, too, right? Like, it was actually a nice, like...
0: A really nice house. Like a nice
1: house, but they like were gross. Like the inside was nasty.
0: You would have not known either because um I wanna say that the the city or sorry the town of um of paris california was actually very nice they yeah, had a very nice area yeah you had you know the cut grass everywhere everyone had a yeah. really nice cute garden gnomes in their area suburban very suburban yeah very suburban, and yeah. it was just the fact that no one really knew because everything on the outside looked really perfect prestige everything inside totally different Oh, it's not crazy. They're
1: terrible people. It just
0: makes you think. You oh, really know God. what's happening behind cl- closed doors. Do you? No, you don't. It's know. just insane, insane. So Jordan had mentioned that the house her family was lived in was filthy. Like I had said, she had never taken a bath. Couldn't remember the last time she'd taken the bath. <clears throat> so about 25 minutes later, two police deputies had shown up and they located Jordan on the street. When they first pulled up, she was seen as really small and frail. And the officers actually thought she was 10 years old. She was 16. Wow. She was that small. Wow. I know. And so one deputy gets out and he says, what's going on? Jordan says, okay. I just ran away from home. He says, okay. And I live in a family of 15. Okay. My two little sisters right now are chained up. They're chained up. Yes. Where are they chained up at? In the bed. Now, mother chained them up just to be me, not just to be mean. Okay, they're chained up because mother's, they stole mother's food. Uh huh. But oh, I'm sorry if I talk too much. Okay, I've never talked to anybody out there, so I don't, I, I've never been alone with a person, so this is very hard for me to talk. Okay, uh, how do you, how, how did you, do your parents know you left your house? No, they don't. Do you take any medication? What's medication? Medication? Y- yeah, what's medication? Pills? Do, do you take pills? Oh, no, I I don't think I've ever taken any pill before. Okay, right, I haven't. Our parents are abusing. They they abuse us. But the reason I called and the reason I managed to get out of here, this is one of the most scariest things I've ever done. I'm terrified. But I called because my two little sisters, they're, they're chained up right now. So that is the little interaction between the deputy and Jordan.
1: You actually did that really well. I've did seen that I? video. That video like <laughs> recently just so, came yeah, out. So yeah, yeah, thank
0: you. Yeah, I was just going to say that actually just came out as a video that just surfaced. So I'm really happy that someone actually referenced this story because I'm like that just came out and I had seen that and I was like, wow.
1: You did them um, like uh stutters. Really yeah, funny.
0: thank you. Yeah, she does stutter a lot. And so that was something that I really wanted to just make sure I got. I actually did rehearse that, guys, don't but <laughs> you're so funny. <laughs> so yeah, so that had to happen. And before Jordan had actually escaped her home, she was smart enough to take pictures. She took pictures of her two malnourished sisters and one of the room, um, and one of the rooms where they had chained up, or a lot of the kids had been chained up to the bunk beds. So after showing the deputy the photos, the sheriffs immediately go up to the home of 160 Mirror Woods Road. To conduct a welfare check, the deputy knocks on the door, and eventually the door opens.
1: She was so smart for that, considering she like I know we're gonna get into it later. Oh, go but for considering it! Considering yeah. that the way she grew up was so. Dad and yeah. she truly knew nothing and have never been in the outside world before like yeah she I really hope I don't sound like a
0: broken record that. but a lot of these kids only had what was up to a first grade education so they didn't know a lot of stuff about anything quite honestly and they only took whatever they really knew from as we'll find out later a lot of the biblical things are on the walls a lot of the stuff that was just laying around the house and at most, they have maybe a couple alphabet books, and most of them even know how to finish alphabet at that point. Yeah. just it's
1: and they like rarely crazy. went outside, and if they did, it was like supervised. Super, yeah, that it one was picture of them
0: at the wedding. Mm-hmm. Ooh, oh, sure we're, we're gonna, gonna get to that. that. Yeah, okay, oh, stop, yeah, stop. no, you're good, you're good. I love it. So, before we go any further, let's just rewind a bit. We're gonna just turn back the clock. Um, so Let's just pay attention to who these awful parents were and what the hell they did to do these to do to these kids that put them in this predicament. Okay, so uh David Turpin, the father of thirteen Turpin children, first started having feelings for a 10-year-old Louise Turpin, the uh, mother of 13 Turpin children. Wait, hold on. Early on. Whoa,
1: whoa, wait, one more time. How old was he?
0: You heard that right. <laughs> David Turpin, the father of 13 Turpin children, at the time being age 17, first started having feelings for a 10-year-old Louise Turpin.
1: 10? That's disgusting.
0: But wait, girl. (laughs) It gets so much worse. I didn't know
1: that. Uh, Oh, my God. It's
0: so bad. So, David was always very pretty tall, next to standard, the male height. He was... Somewhere around, you know, six feet and over. And at a young age, both David and Louise would always go to the same Pentecostal church service in Princeton, West Virginia, where they both were born and raised. And around the same age of 10 years old, Louise knew she actually loved David and even told her grandmother, quote, I'm having a dozen children with this man one day.
1: What the fuck?
0: (laughs) yeah i know it freaked me out too
1: i hate everything about that
0: i know i know it makes me very ill and just oh just wait so eerily enough almost a decade earlier david's reverend father had also been having an affair with a 16 year old girl and along with that david already had a gnarly family background where he was raised to believe that he needed to have as many children as possible to grow the turpin family lineage David Turpin, as a young boy, was very smart. He was a high achiever. He was top of his class, so he was on the honor roll. And he was also very reserved and quiet around people. So, also, I just had to note, his hairstyle fucking bugs me. If you ever look at pictures of him... The fucking bowl cut! It's the bowl cut. And he was influenced, I I saw in the book, by um, the Star Trek character called Spock. But all I see is coconut head from Nets Classified. Nah,
1: coconut head, <laughs> no. Nah.
0: Guys, look coconut up. Head. I'm sorry, that might be more of a Gen Z show. But look up Nets Classified. It is Nets the best show. That has to be like a millennial show too. Come on, it's a great show.
1: That was from no. That was not. Well, are we Gen Z? I don't know. That wasn't from like the teenagers now time that was teenager us
0: Teenager us. yeah i used to watch that show religiously i love that show now i feel like watching it when i get home (laughs) it was around the time david was graduating high school when david grew romantic feelings for 10 year old louise their parents were both religious families so they knew each other very well and according to the family next door which is the book i had just dove into david actually held Louise when he was just when she was just an infant, if that gives you a clear picture of the age barrier.
1: Oh my god. Imagine
0: holding your spouse.
1: That means he was like seven when she was probably yeah. born or something. Yeah.
0: Big difference. Big difference. Oh my god. So like I said, Louise's family also worked for and around the Pentecostal Church. And if others weren't sure what the Pentecostal church is, because I actually didn't, according to BBC co.uk, Pentecostalism is a form of Christianity that emphasizes the work of Holy Spirit and the direct experience of the presence of God by the believer. Pentecostals believe that faith is mo- uh, must be powerfully experimental and not something found merely through ritual or thinking. So anyways, Louise ultimately grew up working as a tailor early on, I also believe her maiden name is Louise Robin Robinette or Robinette Robinette. Here I'll like zoom in. Hold on, it's like this word Robinette Robinette Robinettes.
1: I'm gonna go final answer
0: Robinette. We got it. <laughs> it's locked in. <laughs>
1: final answer locked in Robinette Robinette sounds like kitchenette.
0: Oh, it does kitchenette? I didn't think about that. Robinette, Robinette. kitchenette Robinette <laughs> Robinette <laughs> Robinette. <laughs> So, she did also come from a pretty financially well-off background, but not for the best reasons, which we'll discuss in a minute. She had two little sisters that she deeply cared for, and later on, a stepbrother. Her little sister, Elizabeth, will actually later recall Louise being a very productive sister, or protective sister, and I just find that very ironic as fuck, to be so protective, but you later become a mother that's very neglectful.
1: Yeah, no kidding.
0: So Louise's mother, Phyllis, would often suffer with money, even though her father or their father was a working man. So she would literally drive Louise to their wealthy grandfather's house and would turn her over to her grandfather for sexual pleasures. And in exchange, Ah! he would pay her a lot of money. And because he apparently was so wealthy and a big-time businessman... She would just consistently take her and her sisters to his house to enact any sexual acts. Uh,
1: why is every case got some like gross <laughs> incest? Like,
0: I think it's everything I choose, grandpa, <laughs> or <laughs> we just have
1: like, I noticed that, grandpa. But it's not like, um, oh my god, it's like just like, straight up abuse, man. It, it is. is like.
0: Well, it's just crazy because when I was reading the uh, when I was reading about this, I was thinking like I don't think this is something that would happen, right? No, it is, and it's just crazy to think that your family, your own family members, would even do whatever they can do just to, you know,
1: like it's the fact that like almost every true crime case that we've talked about recently, it's like the grandpa.
0: Yeah, isn't it? Using, yeah, like, we talked about the that with Eileen hits. Warrenos, didn't we? Yeah. Oh shit. That's or so like, true. Like it's
1: like a family member abusing one of the kids, like sexually oh, that's abusing so one of the kids. Awful. Like that's just so bad. That's so gross uh. on so many levels. I just don't get it.
0: Uh. Eventually, as Louise got older, she attended the same schools that David attended at the time, Glenwood Junior High and then Princeton High School. Similar uh similar s- <laughs>
1: similarly
0: thank you she was a very quiet student like david was and she often was bullied and harassed at times and all around she just secluded herself from her peers and when she wasn't at school she was just attending church at home with her siblings or clearly being sexually abused then many people in louise's family suspect that this was happening to louise but ignored it to avoid tarnishing the holy family name Now, by the age of 15 years old, Louise started secretly dating 22-year-old David, who was a student at Virginia Tech at the time. Oh, my God. So, a baby, but an older baby. So, in 1984, the year David graduated from Virginia Tech, the couple started to plan ways to escape their families and get hitched. So around the time Christmas rolled around, David finally struck a scheme to take him and Louise off to get married in Fort Worth, Texas. The night before leaving, Louise pulls aside one of her sisters, Elizabeth, with Louise's duffel already packed and tells her sister, hey, I I need to tell you something very important. I'm running away with David. He's going to be very rich. And when we are, I have to have a lot of babies and I want you to come visit. So then she made her promise to keep his secret, and then the next day, Louise waved goodbye to her parents and headed off to school per usual with her duffel. Their plan was David would actually act as her dad to sign her out of the high school.
1: Oh my god. And the fact that it's believable is so gross.
0: It It's sad because of that age difference. Oh and now, the crazy thing and the thing I feel like I kind of thought about is hey, David went to the same school as her because they went to the same, you know, they live, grew up in the same town. But David got a little smart and maybe a little dumb at the same time. He was at least bold enough to buy a fake mustache and cowboy hat
1: Oh, he's so stupid!
0: to pretend to be her father. And the crazy part is no one questioned him. Oh, my God. Louise just came down to the office and they were gone. Now, I want to just explain what happened afterwards. I didn't put this in my notes or anything because I felt like I could have this by muscle memory. But the next day, um, well, I'm going to even say the next day. Later on that day, Elizabeth had came home and she came home without Louise. And so they're their parents or sorry her parents um Elise was just like where where the hell is you know where the hell is your sister and Elizabeth is just standing there like I don't, I don't know she didn't come home with me she knows but she was just keeping her secret yeah and so immediately she and her dad go to the sto- uh, go to the school they look for her they're like where is she the the office tells her You know, so her dad checked her out. So they call her dad. Her dad's like, I never picked her up. And they later figure out that (laughs) who could it be? It's David. Mm. Now, David was very close with her family because, like I said, her their families were pretty close because of the church. And the problem was, is that they knew that David had this thing going on with her. And so uh her father's name was actually Alan and he had mixed emotions about the couple. And after the cop actually found them in Fort Worth, he was going to press charges because you can't take a minor across state lines. But he decided not to, and he did it for the sake of not tarnishing the family's religious reputation, and he just let the marriage happen. He got on the phone with her and he told her, You're an adult now. You're going to take care of yourself and this is if this is what you really want i'll sign the papers and that was that so on february 11th 1985 they were officially married in per- uh, parisbury virginia and then quickly went back to fort worth to begin their new life together and louise never went back to school after that mm. um crazy enough to me I thought about it and I'm like, well, they wanted to go to Fort Worth. Why didn't they get married in Fort Worth? I didn't look this up or whatnot, but I assume it was probably because maybe they have laws against children getting married. For sure. (laughs) But I don't know. I'm just taking a hunch. So on July, uh, July 28th, 1988, Louise gave birth to her firstborn, Jennifer Dorn. And at this point, the Turpins were living in Southern California. Both Louise and David were ecstatic to be bringing a, new- a newborn into their lives, and Louise even invited her mother and sisters to visit to show them how well they were doing. Louise's sister, Teresa, will also recall that she had a blast visiting them, and she actually had the best time of her life. She said that they would take trips to Disneyland, wax museums, you know, studios, and they kept their home actually very neat and clean. But eventually... David's line of work would move around a lot, especially between Fort, Lirth, Fort Worth and Southern California. And with David's nice job, um, which I think he went into aerodynamics, Aerodyna- uh, he eventually started making five figures, which is pretty damn good for someone who's just starting out. So,
1: five? we make five figures. Do we? That'd be like twenty thousand dollars.
0: Maybe it is kinda normal. Never mind. It's five figures. <laughs> 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 oh, yeah, you're right. Never Maybe mind. Like 20, 30, 40, oh, I do. I'm it's so dumb. Yeah. I'm thinking like, is
1: it? Yeah. <laughs> no, That's normal. two zero zero zero
0: zero. I'm thinking about six figures and how well that is. But yeah, he did six start making figures five figures.
1: Would be crazy. He
0: did start making that at okay, a point. We'll five get to figures. That.
1: Everybody be making five Everyone figures. Everyone settle
0: down. Gosh, we're getting so <laughs> excited for it Jeez.
1: I just smacked
0: this. Oh, no, you're fine. You're good. My
1: bad. I get antsy. I'm sorry.
0: (laughs) No, it's okay. You're good. So on February 3rd, 1992, Louise would give birth to her second child, Joshua David, and shortly after, the Turpins had to file for bankruptcy. Oh, my God. (laughs) David was making good money, but they were spending well over their means and well over the budget. By July 1993 Louise was heavily pregnant with her third turpin child oh I didn't let me say that like that okay so by
1: 1993
0: Louise was heavily pregnant with a third turpin child and gave birth to a baby girl named Jessica Louise on November 3rd 1993
1: that's a cute name
0: that is notice that everyone starts with a J
1: yeah weird
0: weird right (laughs)
1: Oh, family's weird. Not the kids, just the parents.
0: The parents. Something wrong with them. December 17th, 1995, the fourth child, Jonathan Wang, was delivered, and shortly after his birth, a family of six takes the little trip back to Princeton. Oh, that's the mic. Oh, it is. Yeah. Oh, my God. Sorry, side note, real <laughs> quick. Someone accidentally texted Bree, and it just got really sad for a minute because... What did they say?
1: It was a um obviously a wrong number text, but it was saying something along the lines of like, "Hey Mike, like you're going to beat cancer's ass. Or oh, kick cancer's ass today, like, blah blah." And I was like, "I got to respond to this." Normally I don't respond to like um yeah, wrong messages. Wrong messages unless they're like uh, seem kind of important or whatever, but if it's just like a hi or whatever, it's whatever. Um, but I was like, I gotta respond to this one. And I was just like, hi, you have the wrong number. Um, but I really hope my kicks cancer's ass will keep him in my thoughts and i'm definitely keeping this man in my thoughts
0: that's so sad too oh my god the way she
1: replies is so sorry she's like omg i'm so sorry but like don't be sorry
0: oh, i like, that's so sad i'm like I-, I hope he makes it through push yeah, through it's man it's not an
1: inconvenience for me i'm so sorry that you know someone with cancer that's right so now.
0: sad i know i'm like, like- i'm like really crying <laughs> uh Jeez, okay. Well, let's take it from a sad story to another sad story. Oh, my God. (laughs) So, where were we? Okay, December 17th, 1995. The fourth child, Jonathan Wang, was delivered, and shortly after his birth, a family of six takes a little trip back to Princeton to show off their succeeding family, quote-unquote, even though they're... Bankrupt. Bankrupt.
1: Still, probably, right?
0: Yeah, they still are, yeah. And although distant relatives... Did start noticing that for such a wealthy family, the kids wore very low end clothes and were very dressed all the same, which I guess isn't too weird. Uh, if you go shopping at a at that time, maybe like a Kmart, yeah, and you're getting clothes for everyone, whatever like bulk
1: buying, the bulk same buying. Stuff I don't like think it's that weird. $3, Four dollars. Yeah,
0: I don't think it's that weird, but. Louise's sister, Teresa, will also recall the kids being very well-tamed and walking a single-file line wherever they went from point A to point B as if they were like, you know, in boot camp or something. She described the bunch as a private school rather actually than a family, which is really sad, and Louise and David seemed a little bit overly strict. So keep in mind, this family just filed for bankruptcy like Bree said, and yet, Still trying to impress distant relatives with expensive meal trips and materialistic items. So I think that also says a lot about this family that.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, how are you going to be bankrupt? But like be going on trips and like moving around and and having more children.
0: Like you don't have that money and.
1: And you're having more children.
0: One thing we will not discuss in this in this uh, two parter is why? (laughs) Because I don't know. (laughs) Like, I don't don't know know why. I wish I did, but I don't know why they did what they did. So I think the first person to kind of realize the parents neglect of the Turpin children was Louise's sister, Elizabeth. One summer she came to visit actually, she came to visit the family and I think she kind of stayed for the whole summer. Um, She was just off from college and she recanted realizing that her nieces and nephews had to ask to use the bathroom. They had to ask to eat before eating. And she felt that her sister and brother-in-law were just very cold towards the young children she share how they'd yell at all the kids and just belittle them to no degree. Red flag. Red flag all the way. So they would actually rarely be able to socialize with Elizabeth unless Louise was around. And it's also said that from this point on, David would solidify his family from being a normal family into a cult. Where he was the authority in command and making Louise the second in command. He often abused Louise as well and claimed that at a point he stopped, but it was never factually analyzed. There is a term that um, the novel that I have read um, used called, called brainwashing, which is was uh, kind of like a, a morbid technique that is used to kind of take effect of like your own family members or like people around you to obey and stuff like that. And the kids were only to address their parents as mother and father, which is very much... It's
1: very cold.
0: Very cold, very BC. <laughs> like, yeah, I don't like that. The kids would have to follow strict orders or they would be severely punished. Unfortunately, there were probably many families out there or probably are still many families out there that might still be doing this. And it's just so sad to think about that, you know, we won't know that unless someone comes forward. So. Yeah. So, as if Elizabeth didn't already feel uncomfortable about being around her sister and brother-in-law, especially with the parenting skills, eventually David would make passes at Elizabeth and he would eventually pull aside Louise and, and tell her, "I have a thing for your sister." So,
1: oh my god.
0: What they did. I
1: hate this man.
0: Was him and Louise were repeatedly going to the bathroom when Elizabeth would take a shower and just watch her. Just did she know? Sit there and watch her. Did she know? At a certain point, she did figure out they were doing this, and Elizabeth wanted to do something about it, but she didn't have enough money to fly back home, so she had to get a summer job while she was staying with them. And Louise made it clear that Elizabeth could not be making any friends while staying with her family. But like any normal human would, Elizabeth made a friend with her fellow coworker, and Louise noticed that this was... Happening, and when she chopped her off one day, so Louise literally just left her sister there and never picked her up later that day.
1: I hate them.
0: I am mad about this. They so
1: so controlling.
0: She literally stranded her sister for several days, and she had to go to a nearby Walmart to sleep on a bench. And eventually, when Elizabeth could get a hold of her sister, Louise told her go back home. The only reason why she was able to even go back into the house is because she threatened to call the police. So may 21st, 1997. Louise l- Louise, thank you. Louise, Louise Louise. Louise, thank you. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. Louise. Louise births baby number five. Hi, it's a tongue twister. Joy Donna.
1: I thought we were on number six.
0: Where are we? Wait, did I say number six?
1: No, hold on. Maybe you. Oh, I'm so stupid. I keep doing this. Maybe you meant family of six.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, I did. I did. Okay. <laughs> I was like, oh we shit, did four, I say. four. <laughs> now we're on five. Yeah, okay. There we go. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Okay.
1: No, you're right. <laughs> I'm no, just stupid. You're prettier.
0: No. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Jennifer, the oldest, around this time was eight years old, and she really started to become hyperactive. She would just sit around her room for hours on end, fiddling and playing with her hair and constantly doodling on any surface. And at school, she'd show some kind of weird, disturbing behavior. She would be playing with other kids, then just start touching herself and just itching herself in her genital region.
1: That's definitely not normal.
0: Not normal. I want to say, I mean, with the given information maybe she was just really dirty i'm assuming that might have happened so also sorry in the background the cats are playing my apologies no i love it so the kids that went to school with her had later on reported that she would reek of mildew and urine i know and she would also just referenced topics about sexual abuse that usually children should never know or have any acknowledgement of or sorry not acknowledgement knowledge of and just that all around gives red flags. So she would be sent to the principal's office but the school never contacted her parents or conducted any welfare check. So June 15th 1988 the sixth the june 15th 1998 the sixth child julian phyllis is born the family of eight then take to what would be their last and final trip to princeton west virginia so they visit their family members and now this visit ended very abysmally to say the least Long story short, Louise's sister, Teresa, saw the state of her nieces and nephews, and she was extremely horrified, assuming that Louise was giving these children the same treatment that their own parents gave them. There was also a lot of disagreements on this trip, and Louise and David vowed never to return back to West Virginia. So spring of 1999 came, and things got way worse. The bank had eventually foreclosed on their Fort Worth home, and Louise, David, and their six children were evicted. Thereafter, the kids were just pulled out of school, and no one really questioned it. The Turban children would never ever be going to an education in public again, and they were under their parents' custody, so they just learned from them. Louise, who dropped out at 16 years old to get hitched with David, would just become the teacher going forward. they're so creepy so david would also begin feeding false narratives and just about the outside world to scare the children out of any curiosities they would have and on july 27th 1999 janetta betty would be the seventh child in the turban family the family moved into a home in rio vista they were very secluded now and the area was actually a pretty nice area The community even had its own private school, but the Turpin children were completely just out of the public view or public eye. They did have curious neighbors not too far away from where they lived in Rio Vista. The couple had some kids, their neighbors, and they would get excited seeing such a big family moving in across the street. And when they went across the street to greet the Turpins, no one would acknowledge them. They just ignore them. I know. And the neighbors would try several times, actually, and time and time again to get Luis and David's attention whenever they saw them come and go. But they just ignore them and just act like they weren't there. I know. These, these, Luis and David, come on, y'all. Y'all, they get theirs. Don't worry. (laughs) So now the eighth child, I wasn't really sure about because the book didn't really explain it very well and I didn't really find many good sources to say who the eighth child actually was so I'm just going to assume that it was Jordan because it seems based on her age when she gets you know uh, she escapes from home and everything it, it kind of matches up so I'm assuming that with this child being bored between 2000-2001 it was probably Jordan I do know by 20, uh, 2002, Louise was pregnant with her ninth child, which oh is James. God. Yeah, I know, right? There's so many kids. So many. <laughs> and now to the outside world, Louise and David did a pretty good job putting up a front with their coworkers, neighbors, and extended family members, because they were all just believing that they were living a great life the whole time. They would buy the kids expensive clothes ranging from 100 to $200. There's actually one instance when... Um, Louise's sister um, had come to visit, and she had noticed that other clothes, like she noticed the kids' clothes were just. She noticed that the kids' clothes were just, really neatly folded, and they were like two hundred and. Do, like $200 and 300 clothes. Like, they're really nice, expensive clothes.
1: Went from, like, Walmart to...
0: Yeah. But the crazy thing is, they would also buy them nice foods, presents for Christmas, but the kids would never be able to actually touch any of it. Oh Louise and God. David would even put a cake out in front of the kids and make them just stare at it. Isn't that crazy?
1: They're so bad.
0: That's so fucked. Like, Jesus the Christ.
1: They're so bad. Some people, like, shouldn't... This is a perfect example of... Some people should not have kids. Some people should not be allowed to have children. You
0: would think after the first one, you'd be like, okay, I don't I don't need kids. They
1: should not be allowed to have made how many? Thirteen? Mm-hmm. Thirteen children.
0: That's insane. Just thinking they about that. They should not
1: have been able to raise those thirteen children. Like that is so. Sad.
0: What's still sad. bonkers to me is that boo is playing with that toy over there no it's not even a toy <laughs> is that my vape <laughs> anyways um <laughs> wait actually oh well it's fine i don't know what that is um what, Chris, what what's crazy to me is just that um it's like no one called the the authorities like no one up until a certain point when jordan escaped Caught the authorities, and it's just crazy that they kept this whole family under wraps so long. So
1: it's the fact that people notice, though. Like
0: they notice small things.
1: comes to school stinky and yeah. like and bad clothes and doing weird things. Like those are red flags. Those are big ass on to, you know.
0: Fucking flags, like oh my gosh, yeah. And so once again, I'm not sure of the tenth child's name. But we know the 11th was Jolinda. The 10th child's name, again, I tried my best to look as much as I could. Maybe in the part two, I could find that by then. But couldn't find their name. If you guys know, let us know by then. In 2006, the 12th child, Jolisa, was born. And Louise and David were so excited because they really wanted this 12th child. It's the number of children that Louise had always said that she'd have. And they even made a fucking email and get this it's called blessed by the dozen at whenever I don't know what it's called dot com which was a little spoof of cheaper by the dozen with Martin Lawrence like don't fucking ruin that movie for me
1: I hate that, <laughs> I about that.
0: blast by the dozen I don't like that I'm like fuck off shut up <laughs> shut up <laughs> so we're getting closer and closer to the day that we left on out uh, left on at at the beginning. Uh, David has managed at this point to construct a makeshift cage to keep the kids in for days at a time, days at a time. Now for a small bit of time, Louise would let the kids see their extended family members over Skype, but she never allowed them to actually visit in person. She always said after that, we're never going back to West Virginia, but eventually she cut that off too. She just never let them even see the, the kids on Skype. And she would spend lies to the distant family members as to why they couldn't see them. The craziest part to me, though, that really broke my heart is randomly Louise and Ticket David abandoned their kids for a solid four years. The only took. Two of the youngest ones and left the rest to fend for themselves. Oh, my God. Having absolutely no knowledge of the outside world with first grade knowledge levels, they didn't know anything else to do other than stay in the house. So they had no medical treatments given to them. The pets that they had and they were allowed to have would just die and they'd just be left around the house decaying. And as malnourished as they were, I'm really surprised they just stayed alive that long
1: yeah like where were they getting food from
0: um i think one one source told me that i think one of the young, um older older ones i think at this point they're in the 20s still living under the roof and unknowingly about what the outside world was about they wouldn't manage to be able to get frozen foods but other than that they're just surviving on that for four years Jesus. four years but for now that wraps us up for part one of the turban family stay tuned for number 2 cuz it gets crazy and so crazy I know when we come back next week guys we're going to discuss um of course what happens that night when jordan had called the police what they saw when they got in the house what happened during the trial period when the turban fa- uh, parents were arrested justice was served where those Good. kids are not uh, today. They are thriving I think today. think
1: one of them has a TikTok.
0: They do and we are going to talk about that because I saw that and I did not know, that, uh, know about that before. I think Jordan actually had the Yeah, she on. does. She's okay. actually becoming very successful and I'm really proud of her. We're going to definitely dive in deep for that and yeah, that wraps me up for part one, guys. Woo-hoo! Thanks for sticking Episode with 11. us to that one. Episode 11 is here yeah. and you've been doing pretty well. I hope our sound sounds amazing because I'm scared. We're going to okay. listen to Play back after. I really
1: hope the sound sounds good this time. Yeah, I'm holding my
0: breath, but nevertheless.
1: Thanks for being patient with our hiatus. Yeah, thank you,
0: thank you. We definitely need a thigh. I don't think we'll be doing it a ton, but we definitely certain times we'll need just a a little. Yeah, yeah, seriously. Every Every once in a while. Every once in a while, yeah. I see this honestly as like a second part to our season. If anything, we needed this little break. We're coming back stronger. We're gonna have more cool stuff out for you Part guys. Twos, Part two.
1: Researched like crazy.
0: Yeah, I've been really putting in that extra research, guys. Too. I really hope that this all pays off for us. So don't, don't ever forget. You know, show your love is the best way you can. Um, one thing before we wrap up here, we actually have a YouTube now. I started a YouTube while I was traveling. <laughs> I've managed to make time for that. So we do have a YouTube. Um, That is just uh, podcast. You can just check that out on YouTube. Look at our um, feed there. Now, everything on YouTube is just simply our thumbnail image, and it's just us speaking. So, um, you know, give us feedback on there. Like it up. You never know. Maybe one day in the future, we might do some cute videos or something. But for Ah. now... You Know, do your thing, give us some love,
1: see what happens,
0: see what happens.
1: Um, as always, our usual spiel, um, ways to reach us are going to be at Instagram at WTLGO podcast. It's been pretty popping on there. I've been seeing all the messages.
0: I know we've been getting a lot of love yeah, there. I see get everyone get likes us, love, honestly, likes. we've got nothing via, uh, via email, but I see everyone likes twitter i mean sorry twitter instagram instagram Instagram. if you like the instagram that's cool too show us the love Yeah,
1: instagram will work
0: we have some cute stuff going on there guys (laughs)
1: we do (laughs) um kendall's personal instagram is this is kendall hudson on facebook it's gonna be when the lights go out twitter wtlgo podcast that nobody is using Um, I feel like I don't go on Twitter anymore, so I really don't blame anyone. I'm
0: trying, guys. I really am. I haven't been on it in a long time. I fell off of it for some years, but I'm trying to get back up there for this podcast. You've never so.
1: been really big on Twitter, though.
0: I'm really not. Yeah. Like, I just don't know what it is. Like
1: Twitter was good when I was in high school, and like maybe it a was, little bit yeah. like early years of yeah. college. But I feel like it really fell off.
0: Yeah, Elon yeah, that Luss sounds super took over right. And it
1: fell off. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that sounds about right.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Email if anybody wants to surprise us. uh, Surprise me. LGO inquiries at gmail.com. This is also a really good way to stay anonymous if you'd like to share stories or whatever um you can send them in there and then like Kendall already said our YouTube is WTLGO podcast go subscribe
0: subscribe to us baby
1: subscribe maybe we'll do some fun and fresh videos eventually I know
0: I've been like I said uh I think last episode uh we'll eventually be doing some cute stuff for Patreon um You guys have to understand, I did not realize that there's so much that goes into Patreons. Um, I'm new to it, so I'm still setting it up and things. But as soon as we have it, we will let you know. We will let you know. (laughs) Period. (laughs) Period. Um,
1: And as always, feel free to DM, comment, reach out, email to any of our socials. Um, Especially if you have any of those stories. We really love all of these user suggestions for stories. But if you guys have any of your own stories... We're still waiting to do a really cool paranormal one i know we kind of did something like that for halloween with just us but we would love to read some of your stories and make a whole episode out of, out of it um yeah and just future listener stories basically definitely like normal Like we're normal. still out here asking
0: yeah doesn't have to be your story it can definitely be anyone else's story that you like, might know listen,
1: if you know a good story
0: i know we all told stories i think were from other people they weren't even ours so yeah please
1: um, and then, as always, thank you guys so much for supporting, um, reaching out, we love showing you. the love, spreading the love. We're hitting more views.
0: Yeah, recently. we are. I always like to share my analytics with you guys, our analytics with you guys, just because we like to be as, you know, clear and transparent as possible. But we're doing really well. Um, I think we're getting to at least close to seven. Well, I'm sorry. We we're at 700 actually downloads altogether, which is amazing. Let's try to get to that thousand. So we're
1: trying to reach a thousand. <laughs> woo, it's woo. like on YouTube when people are like trying to get my thousand subscribers. No, we're seriously, just trying to get our thousandth uh, download.
0: Yeah, we were trying to get those downloads, guys. So download, download, download. download. We will have better, more rich, more intriguing Being content for you lengthy. guys going forward so yeah
1: and hopefully I know we've said it multiple times but hopefully the sound is good yes we oh have we have
0: two fucking microphones I don't know what more to do after this so
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think this will be a good thing I hope this helps this is comfy too I like yeah. this I, hope I like this, this helps with like people like listening because I yeah. feel like if the sound's bad like I probably wouldn't really like to listen
0: yeah, same. for too long
1: or whatever so hopefully this will help
0: Music to your ears, us. yeah. <laughs>
1: Hopefully it sounds good. Hopefully you couldn't hear the cats playing too much in the
0: background. And, uh, yeah. No worries, they they understand. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for listening. And we will see you when the lights
1: goes out. Wait, uh, hold on. Oh. You said when the lights.
0: Oh, I light. fucked that up. Okay, wait, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> well, <What>? with that, <laughs> we will see you when the light goes out. Goodbye.
1: Goodbye.